0: everyone, this is episode 725 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, June 19th, 2020. I'm your host, Mark Nez and today I'll be talking about Colt Canyon, Pong Quest, Outbuddies DX, Rigid Force Redux, and the Darius Cosmic Collections, both the console and the arcade versions which are available on, I believe, Switch and PS4 for 40 bucks a piece. I don't know why I'm specifying for those two games where they are and how much they cost, but I'll be talking about those as well. And a little bit of news, I guess I can touch upon. EA had their event yesterday, I think, and I didn't watch it because I didn't really care, but they did announce a new skate game, which I think people are calling skate for in a lot of news articles and whatnot, but I don't think they ever came out and said it is Skate 4. It could just be a straight-up reboot, and just calling it Skate all over again. And also a new Apex Legends event, which seems like it could be all right, but the more important thing regarding Apex Legends, and I think this is happening across other games as well, if not the majority of them, that was, I believe, rumored, but they will be bringing cross-play to Apex Legends, in the fall along with a switch port which should be interesting to see how that plays and feels on switch though i won't i won't do that until they give you cross save progression whatever the hell you call it where my account with all my unlocks and everything would be the same across platforms but even then i take apex pretty seriously so i wouldn't want to play on the switch unless i found it to feel really good which I can't imagine doing it, so I probably wouldn't want to use the same account or my main account. I would just want like a dummy account that I could use and not have to worry about stuff. But yeah, that all happened. And I think it's funny with the announcement of Skate 4 just taking a step back and realizing that after going about, I don't know, three, four years without a Skate game that I can think of since Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 which was an abomination an absolute travesty a disaster, a mess a horrible, horrible game that was made even worse because they put in the Ninja Turtles and they put them in this terrible game and that means we're probably not going to get the Ninja Turtles in these remasters of 1 and 2 even though they were never in there but you know, it would have been nice to have them in there because they're the Ninja Turtles and they're awesome but we now have and some of these have been in early access on PC for a while, I think. But like Sessions, or is it just Session? I can't remember. I always forget if it's Sessions or Session. That skateboarding game, because there, there are two skateboarding games that I think are trying to fill the skate void, the more semi-void. And those are Skater XL and Session. I could be wrong, but I believe those two are trying to be more semi than arcade and Skater XL came out in early access, I think, last year. I'm pretty sure Session did as well. But Session just hit Xbox Game Preview a few days ago. But we have Session, we have Skater XL, we have Tony Ox Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remastered, we have Skatebird, and now we have Skate 4. So we went from having an absent uh, an absence of skateboarding games. Now, this, there, there could have been some smaller indie games. I don't even think. I think the Ali Ali games were before Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 as well. But we went from having this prolonged period without a skateboarding game to now just being overflowing with skateboarding games. Which, to me, I'm all for. I, I'm, I'm interested in Session and, and Skater XL. But knowing that we're going to get a new proper skate game my interest in those is definitely lost a lot of its power its strength but that at the same time skate seems to whatever it is skate for skate it seems like it's just been approved and that they really haven't made any progress that they haven't really worked on it at all they were just like here guess what everyone you you all wish this game into existence it's your comments You fucking bitched and moaned about it for so long that here we go. We're going to make a new skate game. It seems like it's at that stage in development. So the game could be... uh, It could be a 2022 game for all we know. uh, But who knows at this point. But uh, That was the big news that came out of there that I really cared about. There's a new game from the guy who did, I mean the the entire development team that did A Way Out and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, I forget the name of it It Takes Two might be the name of it, where you're playing as I guess the parents of a kid, but you're in dolls and maybe you're trying to not have your relationship fall apart which could be interesting, I don't know I'm always fascinated by I forget the, the main like creative director's name or whatever but I'm always interested by his stuff still playing a way out with my buddy hopefully we're I I think we're getting close to wrapping it up not that I want it to end quickly or anything but I I want to finish it so I can start writing the script for that, that the backlog episode but yeah that's really it news wise there was Pokemon News a new Pokemon Snap game, which is called New Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon Snap, which, fine. A lot of people like Pokemon Snap. I enjoyed it where I played it, and where I played it was in Toys R Us. It was just a game I would play in the demo kiosk. That's the only way I played it because I didn't own a, a Nintendo 64. My Nintendo history was NES to GameCube, so I missed the Super Nintendo and the... Nintendo 64. Uh, And I didn't really mess around with the Wii. So I'm not... I'm not the biggest Nintendo fan. I love Kirby. I love the two Metroid games that I've actually finished. And I should probably play more of them. But yeah, I'm, I'm not the biggest Nintendo fan. I love the NES so much. But because of the way my gaming life went. And it went down the Sega path. Even though... It didn't stay on the Sega Path. My my gaming trajectory was NES, Sega Genesis, PlayStation One, then PlayStation 2. I actually stayed with PlayStation for two generations. Then Xbox 360. Then I, I've been Xbox ever since. But yeah, so it, it went from Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox. And I'm I'm happy with where I am currently. But uh yeah. I think I'll get to what I've been playing now. Starting with Colt Cannon, which is a Western-themed roguelike with pixel graphics that are reminiscent of the Atari 2600 and also, what is it, the Super Brothers game, Sword and Sorcery. So these high-fidelity, really pretty Atari 2600 visuals, that that aesthetic, and it looks pretty good. It's a lot of washed-out colors, and it's you know it's not a very colorful game because it's set in the West so you got a lot of browns and beiges and even like some pinks and light blues and stuff like that but I, I really like the look of it and what you're doing in the game is making your way from the left of the screen to the right of the screen and as you're doing this you'll run into normal people who you can kill if you want you don't really get anything out of that along with bandits and the and the like and. You can save people who will give you upgrades, whether that be to your actual character, maybe they'll join the fight with you as well. And you're just making your way through these areas. You'll get to certain levels that have boss fights in them. And that's pretty much it. Over the course of playing through the game, you don't unlock permanent upgrades of any kind, but you do unlock different characters that will give you different bonuses. Like some will be much stronger and can take more damage. Some will be quicker. Their starting weapons will all be different. And you also, as you play more, will unlock different starting weapons for each character. And there are quite a few characters. I think there's a very decent selection of characters once you unlock them all. But it's a pretty basic game. Twin-six shooter. You can also melee attack enemies. And given that it's a Western game, ammo scarcity is something you have to be concerned about. A lot of weapons are single-shot weapons as well. You find ammo often by breaking barrels and chests and boxes that are scattered throughout the environment, which is a little bit tedious. And I... So that that's where the game falls apart for me a little bit because I really, really like playing it. I think it's fun to play. I think it feels good. The shooting feels good. It's satisfying to take down an enemy. There's a nice... You get nice feedback from when you make contact with an enemy when you actually hit them with a bullet... But the problem is, so many enemies, unless you hit them in the head, or depending on the weapon you have, will probably take multiple shots to take down. And this becomes a problem more so than any other time when you are fighting a boss. Because in the regular levels, when you're not dealing with a boss, you can hit a barrel, you can like just... There there are a lot of barrels and all that shit across the maps. And you can collect a fair amount of ammo that way. But when you are taking on enemies, they will sometimes, but not always, drop ammunition. And even if they do, it's pretty much always a single bullet. And it may not even be a bullet for the gun you're using. And if they're using the gun, I don't think they always drop their gun. But if they do, that could have a little bit of ammo in it as well. But... When I got to the first boss fight, it was against this big hulking dude. And I felt like I could probably take him. I had a fair amount of ammunition for my pistol. I had like 30 bullets. And then I had a high-powered rifle that shot dynamite, I guess. And it converted, I think, only one stick of dynamite. It could hold, I believe, five sticks of dynamite at a time max. And it would convert, I believe, just one into three high-powered explosive rounds and I had a a full collection of, of dynamite but this boss wasn't just by themselves they would call in reinforcements I think about half a dozen at a time and they would keep doing this even if I didn't take out that half dozen then there'd be another half dozen meaning there are a dozen additional enemies on screen and I quickly very very quickly Ran out of ammunition for both of my guns. And the boss was still plenty alive. And the grunts just kept coming in. And they didn't drop ammo in any kind of way that would make it useful. Like, It became a, a situation that was unwinnable for me. Because I couldn't get any more ammunition realistically. And there was just a huge mob that even if I tried to melee one of them to maybe get a few bullets. The rest of them would destroy me while I was meleeing the one person and that was frustrating and I like I don't know how you get around that maybe don't have boss fights I don't need boss fights in this game you can make it more challenging with different enemy types because there are even regular enemies that will take four to six bullets to take down that are more special or whatever they have like a a, a dude who can whip you and tie you up there are enemies with shields that take a certain amount of damage in order to break the shield. So there are already regular enemies that take a fair amount of ammunition to take down. And then you have this boss fight, which is already uh, potentially hard enough to deal with the ammunition they have if you were just dealing with the boss by themselves. But then they keep throwing in regular enemies at you that are chasing you and you're trying to avoid them. And it's just it becomes a bit of a, disappointing mess in that sense but outside of that I really like playing the game and I'm just I don't know how to deal with that situation uh, because I I kind of just stop playing after that because I'm like if that is how it's always going to be whenever I reach a boss then I don't that's not fun to me I don't like that There, there may be an easy way of getting around that but I, in in my time with the game, I didn't see a way that like, okay, I can easily get enough ammunition for this or I either have to really scavenge and just go through levels and just take all the bullets and avoid interacting with any any enemies until I reach the boss and just save all my ammunition for that. Like I had, I think a full inventory of heavy weapon ammunition, but I never found a heavy weapon throughout that playthrough up until the boss fight. Like I just never found a heavy weapon. So, what was I supposed to do with that ammunition? Maybe the game could be a little bit smarter and realize these are the guns you have in your inventory. You can only hold two two guns at, a, at any given time. So, here. I'm only going to make this ammo show up when you break boxes and whatnot. You can also find melee weapons, but a melee weapon will take the slot of one of your ranged, uh, ranged weapons. So, I never found the point of those because, like, I don't, I don't think a melee weapon's gonna help me when a dozen dudes are coming at me. But yeah, it's a game I really, 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 really want to like, and I could see myself really, really liking it. But the boss situation just uh, compounded with the ammo situation just made it a bit of a mess because I, I don't think the ammo scarcity becomes much of a problem in the regular levels where you're just taking out regular enemies even if they have the stronger ones I think it's well balanced enough that you don't need to worry about that but as soon as I got to the boss it just became a really frustrating sad sad moment because I was doing fine but then I realized oh shit I'm I'm on ammo because I was, I was holding my own I was taking out regular enemies and taking out the boss but when I realized that I was out of ammunition in my pistol and I just had my dynamite gun whatever the hell it was I was like okay I just need to focus on the boss but trying to find an angle on the boss with all these people that are already in the way because I think at some point there were probably like 18 of them on the screen I was like well I can't get a clear shot now I'm fully out of ammunition I also don't have dynamite to throw because I was using it for the gun I guess I'm just screwed oh well but uh that is colt canyon then there's pong quest which i think first came out on switch but then made its way like a week later to xbox one playstation 4 i'm playing most of these games on xbox one the darius collections i'm playing on ps4 but pong quest is a pong game and that's the thing first and foremost You have to like Pong to like Pong Quest. To be interested. You may think to yourself, maybe having these RPG-ish elements, being able to level up and improve my paddle and find different clothing and all these things that I can deck out my paddle with so I can make them look all cool and and shit like that. Maybe that is something that could get you interested in Pong, you're thinking, but the actual gameplay is still just Pong. Yeah, you have powered up balls and all that shit, but it's at its core just Pong. And if you don't like Pong, Pong Quest is not going to change your mind. But the way it's set up is that you have to go through this castle and find a bunch of these, I don't know, charms or something to open this one door. But it's set up like a, a real old school dungeon crawling game where you have or even like newer often rogue likes that are like like binding out isaac moonlighter etc where you're moving from room to room and you can run into enemies and get into encounters with them and, and fight them or you can avoid them if you want you can find treasure chests you can find stores to purchase things like different balls different cosmetic items or whatever and you have a goal for each level to so just get to the end. And in some of them, you have to clear out all the enemies so that a young princess can make your way through safely. And, and one of them, they have a reward you can get if you can get to the end without getting into a, a fight, which I failed almost immediately. But it's a, it's a fun little setup for Pong, giving it a bit more... or just adding something to it that makes or gives you incentive to want to keep playing. Because I, I like Pong, but it's a real basic-ass game, and it's not fun to just play against the computer after, I don't know, two minutes of playing it. But And there is multiplayer in it, I believe. But I only, I only played the single-player campaign story or whatever mode. And I, I really liked it, and I had fun with it. Pretty easy, as long as you don't get too aggressive and just start playing stupid like I did a few times. But the, and, the, and the way fighting works is that each paddle, you and your opponent have a health bar. And every time you hit the ball with the paddle, you lose one health point. And when you get down to your last health point, or if one of the, the balls you use does additional damage than the usual, you know, it could do critical damage, it could do double damage, etc. But once you are within that range where the hitting the back or getting it past your opponent would would do enough damage to hit him to zero, then they lose. But like when you you can't die when you're at one HP by hitting the ball with a paddle. As long as you can keep the ball in play and not let it get past you. You can always, like, you don't need to worry about your health if you're able to do that. But there are balls that you can put into play that will uh, refill your health and stuff like that. When you are going through a dungeon, there's no way to heal yourself outside of the games, as far as I uh, could tell, even if you have those balls. Uh, But I, in the time I put into it, I I had fun with it. I liked it. You know, I, I don't know what kind of legs it has. But I enjoyed it and one of the nice things too is that when you're going through a dungeon if you end up being too aggressive or you get into a tricky situation where you find yourself facing off against one too many opponents and your health is already so low and you end up dying you don't lose any of your upgrades any of your leveling or XP or anything like that you just have to then start over from the beginning of the dungeon. But any levels you gain Abilities you've gained, experience you've gained, cosmetics, etc., money, all all that jazz, remains, and I I really like that because it means that I wasn't just wasting my time if I went through a dungeon and died near the end of it. Uh, all the all the progress I made outside of the progress in the dungeon uh, carried over, so I like that. Then Outbuddy's DX is basically Metroid, and, and I mean Metroid for NES. That's what it feels like very much so, but more uh, advanced in terms of its level design and setup and all that but it it feels I don't even want I don't want to say it feels but it's just like the look of it and the vibe of it is very Metroid-y. it's not super colorful there are, are a lot of blacks on the screen like it's a very dark game and a lot of the screen is just black uh it has pixel art which I'm not overly fond of. I don't hate it, but I'm not the biggest fan of it. And it is a Metroidvania where you are going around collecting new abilities that allow you to progress further. But it is very Metroid in the sense that you shoot doors in order to open them. You can drop bombs to create openings to new areas. You don't have a a ball form, but you can do a little dodge roll and that can let you clear small spaces and then you'll crawl through them if you weren't able to dodge roll through the the entire distance. And there are these enemies that just crawl along platforms that you have to kill which just like to me I mean I th- I think there are enemies like that in in Castlevania as well but just like I always think of the original Metroid with enemies like that. So it just it, it has a lot of Metroid vibes about it. But it, it, the one thing about it, compared to other Metroidvanias, is that so far in my sense, I know, I've put a, a fair amount of time into it. I've beaten a boss and and whatnot. But I, I get the sense that it's not going to be as backtrack heavy. Because I just feel like it's constantly pushing me forward and it's not like showing me all these spaces and areas that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to come back and see what this is like. I just feel like for the hour and a half or whatever I put into it, that it just constantly nudging me forward ever so slightly, but where the game really stands out and, and why I enjoy playing it. Cause like the, the controls are a bit clunky and what, I, so the thing I hate about this game is something I hate about a lot of fucking indie games and it drives me goddamn crazy. And I, I don't think it's something exclusive to games that take a lot of inspiration from retro games or have a retro aesthetic. I think it's just something that a lot of indie games do because they want to stand out or whatever. They want to be cutesy is that the settings menu for this game is just a bunch of fucking buttons. So like if you want to turn vibration on or off, there's a, picture of a controller a little button with a picture of a controller on it and then a few lines on both sides that show that oh it, the control is vibrating there's like a TV screen with some red lines on all the corners that's showing you that this is how you can change this the scale size of the UI and all that crap to, to fit your TV and, and other such things and I hate that shit just for I don't know why indie games or even regular games like Just give me a regular fucking options menu that has video, audio, game, controls, etc. Just give me the basic thing. And then when I click through that, it just gives me basic words that is just simple to get through and simple to understand. I don't need your cutesy bullshit. It just annoys me. And I never like, oh, this is so nice and and different. This is unique. This makes your game stand out. No, this, I mean, it makes your game stand out, but never for the right reasons. For me, at least. I, I hate that shit. And... Outbuddy's DX does that. But what I really am annoyed by the game is that you will go through the game, you will find little tutorial bits that tell you how to control this or that and and what buttons you need to press. But there's no way to access the control scheme in the menus. There's just no way. So, like, if you forgot how to do something, you're pretty much fucked. Or you just have to go through trial and error and just press every fucking button on the controller until you figure it out. If there is a control scheme in there, I didn't find it. I clicked every fucking button in there, and I didn't see anything. And I just, I don't understand that. Let me see the controls of your stupid game. Not that the game is stupid. I like the game. But getting back to the good parts of buddy's DX, what I really like about the game is that you have a this dodge roll, and it allows you to, if there are spikes on the ground, you can dodge roll past them. If there's an enemy in front of you, you can dodge roll past them. If there's any kind of thing that might do you damage, dodge roll and you're good. And it it feels really good. The dodge roll feels really good and it makes combat satisfying because the combat is just all right. Like you have a basic gun that you can shoot in the the basic four directions, left, right, up and down. Uh, but I, I don't think you can shoot down while standing. If you can't... I think it might have mentioned a way to do it. But I don't remember. And I can't check the control scheme. So fuck me anyway. uh, And you also have this little robot buddy with you. Who is annoying. And the story I don't really care about. You're in space or whatever. And then you crash and you end up like. I don't know. 35,000 leagues under the sea. Um, But you have this robot buddy with you. Who comes along with you. Doesn't help you in battle. As far as I could tell. He just turns red and shows a little angry face on his screen to show you that he doesn't like you getting hurt, but he's not going to do anything to help you. But you can, one, there's co-op and the co-op body could play as the robot if they want, which I don't think would be fun most of the time. But if you're playing by yourself, you press, and this is weird because I don't, maybe all the buttons on the D-pad were used. But in order to switch characters when playing by yourself, you press up on the right analog stick. And yeah, I guess that's fine because you're not manipulating a camera or anything, so you're not really using that. But you press right, uh, you press up on the right analog stick, and then you can change characters between your main dude and the the robot. And what the robot can do is use their telekinetic power to manipulate very specific objects so that you can jump to higher spaces and stuff like that, which is a fine mechanic. The one thing that's a little bit shitty is that the save points are are at times really spaced out, which can be frustrating, but overall I'm liking the game. I think it's really forgiving in how it's set up in that if you die, you just start at the beginning of that area. It doesn't send you back to the last time you saved, which is super forgiving but um, yeah, I, I do wish that some of the save points were a bit closer together. Cause I got to one section where I think I didn't get to another save point for maybe a half hour, maybe longer. And then after I hit that save point, I hit another save point within five minutes, maybe less. So the the, the spacing for the the save points is definitely inconsistent. But uh, I, I I'm enjoying it. I, I like it. I think it feels good. doesn't look all that great. But uh, it's a, if you like those types of games, especially if you like Metroid, it's definitely worth checking out because it's super metroid Then Rigid Force Redux is a shmup, side-scrolling one, which is, you know, just like the Darius games, which I'll get to shortly, but Rigid Force Redux is a shmup that is solid. Like, I... Visually is the part where it not so much falls apart, but it really doesn't do anything to stand out visually. It's a very bland looking game. The enemies, the areas, none of them really stand out as something that's all that memorable. It's just very like, okay, here's a bunch of metal areas here, a bunch of robots here are some tremor looking things, but nothing stands out as especially cool or memorable or interesting in any way. But the actual uh, the actual gameplay feels really good. I like it. The way it works, and it, I, I like this little shit. its unique little thing, is that when you are playing through the game, you'll be collecting power-ups, different weapons that will shoot in different ways. You know, one's a spread shot, one's just a straight machine gun, and one's like this green shit that just goes all over the place. But you'll also be collecting these little parts, and you can collect up to four of them that fire bullets themselves. And what you can do is, because enemies will sometimes come from behind you, you can change where these parts are positioned with the bumpers. So pressing the left bumper will send them behind you, and you can send a few of them behind you, uh, or you can you can also spread them out so that instead of them all being collected in one small space, you can spread them out in front of you, or you can, like I said, you can send them behind you for enemies that are coming uh, uh, from behind. And... It's really responsive using that so you can deal with enemies that are behind you really quickly and then uh, immediately go back to firing all bullets straight ahead. And I like that. Uh, You also collect these little green orbs that fill up your power meter, which you can use to both do high-powered attacks with the X button or use the B button uh, to do a little, like, sonar thing that uh, will—it's sort of like a a flare— and missiles with it. it'll just take out any bullets that are within your immediate vicinity which is really handy it it does use a lot of your special ability or your 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 special bar but in tricky situations where you have no way of avoiding taking damage unless you use it it's a really handy tool but it's a a short game i think it's only 6 levels doesn't pose too much of a challenge, though so you can you can up the challenge to make it harder. But it's a it's a pretty forgiving game in terms of the way it's set up in that you have three lives per level, and or you have three lives to to make it through the game. But if you die on a level, you can start right from that level. You don't have to start from the very beginning. Uh, and and as you unlock the levels, or as you complete the levels in the main story mode, you'll unlock them in arcade mode and yeah, it's it's a pretty fun shmup. I don't see it having uh, many legs, though. Like, I don't I don't see myself coming back to this game on a regular basis. But for me, I feel like that's a lot of shmups that I just sort of I play them and then I balance. But also, I am personally at least I am way, 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 way more of a fan of the vertical scrolling shmups like Ikaruga or 1942 in those games. I just, I prefer those vastly more, even though when you're playing it at home, you lose a lot of screen real estate because of the way they're set up. Uh, But you, you lose some of those with uh, some of the, the scrolling ones as well, which I'll get to right now with the Darius collections, the Darius cosmic collections, both Darius Cosmic Collection Arcade, and Darius Cosmic Collection Console. First and foremost, unless you have any kind of nostalgia or very specific affinity for the console versions of these games, there's no reason why you should pick up the console version over the arcade version. I think you do get a few different games, but overall, the arcade collection is significantly better in terms of the visuals, the feel, the performance, all like it just... Is a better collection if you don't have nostalgia for those console versions. So in the cosmic collection, the arcade one, you have Darius, the original arcade version, the new version, and the extra version, then you have Darius 2, the dual screen version, then you have Sagea, Sagaya, the arcade versions 1 and 2, and then Darius Gaiden, and then with the console collection, you have Darius 2 for the Mega Drive, the Japanese version. Sake IA for Genesis, US version, Master System, European version. Then you have Darius Twin for Super Famicom and Super NES. Darius Force for Super Famicom, Super Nova for Super Nintendo, and then Darius Alpha for PC Engine and Darius Plus for PC Engine. And I played a fair amount of both collections, and I definitely had way more fun with the arcade collection outside of Darius which is I don't think Darius the very first game holds up all that well. It feels dated. You can see immediately when you start playing Darius 2 how it's improved, how the game has improved over the first game. And and the first game is super it's like the I don't think I've played a game that is this wide screen ever before on my TV. It takes up a third of the screen and then on top and on the bottom you have just a bunch of art BS or whatever but yeah that on top of just the actual design and everything and, and the age of the first Darius it just isn't the most exciting game to play, it's slow it's it's not that much fun, but Darius 2 and Onward super fun, I still enjoy those, the one real disappointing about, uh, disappointing thing about these collections, both of them is that compared to other collections like the SNK collection or I think the Atari collections, I think both of these had this, but like a lot of these collections often have supplemental materials like the cabinet art or scan manuals or little historical tidbits and stuff like that. But these collections are just the games and nothing else. You can save your replays. You can download replays off of. The internet, I guess, but they don't even have like full playthroughs that you can watch and join in at any time. These are just collections of these games and nothing else. And I, I was wrong. They're forty five dollars. Um, what? this this price cannot be right. I am, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now, on the the PlayStation Store, the Cosmic Collection Arcade forty five dollars i got I got codes for both these games, and then the the console one is listed at seventy eight dollars that that can't be right that's so that's crazy i know there are there are six games in the console one nine different versions, and then there are four games in the arcade collection seven different versions um that that's crazy to me. Like I like with that especially. I I cannot recommend the console version at all. The arcade version I think has the better games and is the overall better experience, and it's significantly cheaper. Like my mind is blown. Like I I, I feel like this is an error because I I'm I feel like in the email I got they were both the same price and like forty or I guess forty five dollars, but like seventy eight dollars. This is this isn't both games together, is it? It's not. <laughs> I'm so confused. This is crazy. Oh my god. I I, I want to check my email, but should I check my email? Should I do it and make a lot of noise? But um, yeah. Regardless of whether that is a pricing error or not, I think the arcade collection is definitely the way to go. I really, really enjoyed my time with those and returning them and playing some of them. Those were fun to just return to I liked them. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing. So uh, yeah, that will do it. I I did watch the hunt. I haven't finished it yet. And I am typing right now as you can hear. Did I delete those? Did I delete them? Well, I have to look at my trash. To get those things, Darius, Darius, hello, hello, how are you doing, hello, let me see. So the email I got lists the arcade version as being $45, and then the console collection being $60. So why it's listed as $78 here, hmm, that has to be a pricing error, I guess, or either it was an error in the email. Uh, Whatever you do, hold off on the console version, even if you really want it because that price has to be wrong. That is an insane price for this. But anywho, I also watched The Hunt, and The Hunt is it is a movie where liberal elitists get a bunch of I don't like some of them are rednecks. Like, I, It is a show or a movie about Liberal elitists killing a bunch of people they think are shitty people, and it is i guess trying to express a message or a thought or something i don't it it fails miserably at doing anything and it's not even it's not funny it's overly violent at times where it's just like i don't like one of the things in the very beginning is character kills a dude by. Doesn't even kill him. I think I think he's still alive after this. They put him in a back room so he can die out there. But puts her shoe, the heel, into his eyeball and then pulls out the shoe and the eyeballs attached. I'm like, all right, this is excessively gross. And it just it's a it is a bad movie that is trying to say something, I think, but this is a horrible vehicle for that. And even like, it's just it's a bad movie with a bad script, and just it's fucking it's real bad. The whole time I I haven't finished it, but just the whole time I've been watching, I'm like this just makes me want to watch Ready or Not, which is actually good, as opposed to this piece of crap. Man, don't don't do not bother with the hunt. It's not good. They kill off a bunch of people in the beginning that's like oh look at this you you recognize this person this actor and this actor look at them now they're dead great it's like hey remember Scream when Scream killed Drew Barrymore we're going to do that a few times except for we don't have the biggest actors in this we got Julia Roberts niece I was going to say nephew but uh, her niece I think it's her niece Emma Roberts then we have the guy who played Arrow on was was it Smallville yeah, right? Yeah. Smallville's arrow, that actor, who, who's been in something else, probably, but I only remember him from that. He's there. Then that one guy who was in Mad TV and then he's been on a bunch of other movies as the, the friend. The weird friend guy. He's in it. Big big names. And they all fucking die. Spoilers, they all die real quick. Anywho, whatever. That will do it for this year' episode of the Big Sausage Podcast. Before I go, though, if you are listening in this, if you happen to be listening to it today, the nineteenth, June nineteenth, that is, there are uh, there are probably other places to it doing this, but I know that Bandcamp, any sales they make today. Their portion, the portion that Bandcap takes, they're donating that to, I forget the organizations, but they'll be donating all of their, yeah, Bandcap is donating 100% of their share of sales today to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. And Minecraft is donating profits from digital storefront sales of Minecraft and Minecraft Dungeons, as well as purchases of content in the Minecraft Marketplace to a handful of organizations, the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, Equal Justice Initiative, and the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. So if you want to pick up some music on Bandcamp, today is the day to do it. And if you don't already own Minecraft somehow, or Minecraft Dungeons, or if you play them through GameCast or whatever, and you're just like, oh, I want to help support a cause, and then I'll own a copy of it you can do that or you know on switch or whatever platforms but just you know a digital version of it so yeah or maybe you play it through game pass and you're like hey maybe i'll download some skin packs or shit like that so yeah do that if you want just thought i'd put that out there anyway that will do it for this year episode of the pixelated sausage podcast once again I am your host, Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find more podcasts like this, including Animazingly Baka, which is all about anime, with my very good friend Justin, and Attack the Backlog, which is all about games and playing games in your backlog. Specifically, me playing games in backlog, along with some other podcasts as well. So you should check all those out. They are all available on podcast surfaces across the globe. You can also check out my art on the site. And if you see something you like, you can get a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general, and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode. And I hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day bye